and welcome back to another episode of The Enthusiast and Co. I hope you're okay. That was presumptuous. Actually, if this is your first episode of The Enthusiast and Co., also welcome. Everyone is very welcome here. Today, I am joined by the fabulous Olive Pometsi. Olive is a junior digital editor at British GQ, and you can also find her in the back of the actual printed magazine with her column Secures the Bag. Don't need to brag. She's a fantastically talented writer covering all sorts of things from culture to lifestyle. She brings us style. She brings us politics. She brings us Mariah Carey information and updates. I look to her as my spiritual guru. She's also written for Elle, Vogue, Sunday Time Style, Tortoise, so many other incredible places. And I absolutely loved chatting to her and getting to know a bit more about what she's enthusiastic about at work, life and play. I hope you enjoy. So hello, Olive. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Thank you. How are you doing? Yeah, all right. Thank you. I um, did an interview a couple of days ago where I was like, how are you? And the interview is like, what a loaded question. I was like, I know, but I actually don't know how to start a conversation without saying something. <laughs> yeah. like that. So we're all doing terribly. The world's on fire, but we're here. How about you? <laughs> yeah, literally, it's like the baseline question. You're like, oh, how are you? And everyone's like, well, you know, obviously terrible, but I'm going to say I'm fine because... I'm British basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. and I feel like we did that before the pandemic and now we're like we have an unspoken agreement that like actually we're not okay but we're just going to say it because we've just not got time to go into every way that the world is currently on fire yeah that would be a whole separate podcast I imagine it, it would be maybe that's my new my new project for 2021 <laughs> yeah. so can you just tell the listeners give you a quick intro to who you are and what you do basically and then we'll get into the questions so my name is Olive I am a junior digital editor and columnist at GQ and I mainly write about culture but I mean I think over my time there I've pretty much written about everything apart from cars watches and travel (laughs) so um, you know those are like the three areas I'm yet to conquer mainly culture politics fashion a little bit interviews that kind of thing and yeah I've been working in the industry for three years now for two years at GQ so so far so good Yay! I love I love how casually you're just like yeah I'm a columnist at GQ and I'm like okay actual GQ that's absolutely fine. Don't worry about it. I mean it just yeah I think especially like working at home it becomes very normal and you kind of forget what you're doing and then yeah I think the, the magazine does come out every month and then I'll go pick it up and then I'll like see my column at the back of the magazine and I'll be like holy shit like that's me. <laughs> um, but most of the time I'm just working on it you know so you forget that. It is this thing that lots of people buy and read and can see my name in. <laughs> yeah, I guess that must be so true about lockdown. Like you've not got the, not that this is why you got into it, but that you've not got the like glamorous, glitzy office culture and kind of all the bits that people might associate with, you know, maybe the life of a columnist circa 2000, not necessarily circa 2020, but I guess you don't kind of get that, that bit, do you? you? Just at home writing. Yeah, at home writing and like you're not really meeting up with, well, I've met up with a few people for interviews, um, like, you know, when it was a bit safer, mm. um, like last September, October time. But yeah, you're not going out to interviews or shoots or any of that kind of thing. Like we didn't have men of the year last year. We had like a digital version, which was amazing. And they did such an amazing job with it. But I think for me, like the first men of the year that I did in 2019, that was a real moment for me to like, I remember like going into the event space. It was like held at the Tate Modern and it was like this red carpet rolled out and it was this like huge screen and at the beginning they showed this video of like all of the stuff that GQ had done over the past few years and I was like, oh my God, like this is GQ, like because <laughs> um, I think you're just working on it so hard all the time and you just forget that your job is actually 
thing that you've dreamed of all your life but it, it's quite it's quite a bizarre feeling but it's nice when you have those moments where you're reminded yeah I love that which leads us you should be a writer you know because you can hold a story very well because that leads very nicely onto our first what are you enthusiastic about at work so obviously writing it was kind of I guess it would be the main thing but what what is it about that your your work at the moment that you love yeah, I think for me at the moment, like the thing that I love the most is being able to find stories that I'm passionate about. Like, you know, sometimes, especially when you're working from home again, you can just get into this routine of just, you know, writing all these pieces to the website and like they're great and you're really fun to work on. And I obviously like love doing like film reviews and stuff, but I feel like, yeah, because you're not like in the office and you're not talking to people, it just feels a bit harder to like feel like super enthusiastic about it so I think one of the things I did at the start of this year was to like think about okay like what are you going to do this year to kind of re-motivate yourself and like get yourself really excited about this again because like this is an exciting job like you love it like in its, in its essence but working from home is not the one and <laughs> my focus is like to just try and focus on more stories that I'm really passionate about and proud of you know whether that's like covering you know topics such as like Black Lives Matter, which obviously are really kind of personal to me and, you know, obviously of huge importance in terms of what's going on in society right now. But also trying to like find people that I find are interesting and being able to spotlight them. Like I really enjoy doing that, especially, you know, with up and coming artists and stuff like that. It's really fun. You know, there's been like a few people over the past few years in terms of like music and stuff or film and you like hear about them in the office like maybe like a publicist will send you like oh have this person on your radar so you'll keep them on your radar and then you like watch them grow and like maybe you'll feature them along the way and it just feels like really nice to be a part of that without sounding like too lame I just kind of enjoy observing people and being able to like try and understand them and I think one of the great things about this job as well at least through meeting all of these people I just feel like my view of the world has changed so much and my understanding of how things work have changed so much and I think fundamentally like what I'm trying to do when I'm like writing about something is like understand the subject and then like then translate that into the piece so that the reader can hopefully also understand it in the way that I see it as well and so I think that's what I find exciting. It's really interesting because you are so skilled at writing about so many different things like you know I credit you with most of my alternative Christmas playlist last year <laughs> because you did an excellent roundup of all the songs I needed to um, have on my radar. <laughs> You've also really written poignant pieces, you know, some I could empathise with, like, you know, you've written about kind of your, your upbringing in Hull before and some I obviously can't empathise with because I'm not, you know, I'm white. Uh, but also you've written incredible, like, personal profiles and stuff. And so it's just interesting as, as a reader and a fan, obviously, it's really interesting to hear kind of what your motivation is behind them because you do have such a brilliant, like, breadth of topics and you cover them all so well with such agility. It's really interesting to know, like, what you think of going into it, I guess. Oh, well, thank you. And like, I think, yeah, for me as well, it's kind of been interesting because I feel like I'm at a point in my career where, you know, the past few years I've kind of got my foot in the door and then I've just been like so happy to be there. And um, I've not like really thought about what the next step might be. Um, and now, you know, I'm like three years in, it'll be like kind of four years actually in July, I think, when I first moved down to London. So I'm like trying to think about, okay, like, do I want to be, you know, strictly a culture writer or do I want to like, you know, specialise in this or what what do I want to become in the next stage of my career? Every single time I try to think about it, I'm like, I don't know, because I don't want to just write about culture. I don't want to just write about politics or whatever it is. Like, I want to write about everything because there are bits about every single facet of the magazine that interest me. And that's another thing, great thing about working at GQ, actually, because they cover so much in quite in-depth ways. So it gives me a lot of freedom to, you know, 
maybe one week I'll write about fashion and then the next week I'll write about politics and the next week I mean like every week I'll write about culture that's another really fun element of the job yeah I love that and what is it about magazines that you're really enthusiastic about because that was another thing that you you said in your answers that you just love like and, and you mentioned it in your kind of previous bit about, you know, going out and actually buying it. And there is a, this, this is something that I think the world has been awake to and I've slept on for a very long time, but like how joyous a magazine is. Cause I think when I was younger, yeah. I just didn't really go out and buy much to like, I was an idiot. Don't get me wrong. I didn't <laughs> go out and buy magazines, but they are brilliant. So why, why do you love them so much? I, don't, I, I try to think about this all the time and like try to think about like, what is it about magazines? Like when did it start? And I mean, like I've, magazines have like always been a part of my life since I was really little like I actually would like save up my pocket money and or like beg my mum in the post office to always buy me Barbie magazine so it started with Barbie magazine and then we like graduated to Esquid magazine and I had like every <laughs> single copy of Esquid magazine so oh my god I nearly, I nearly just choked because I was just <laughs> and then you mentioned Esquid magazine and I have not thought about Esquid magazine in like you know about 15 years and now I'm like oh, I oh think about my it every god week. <laughs> I think about it all the time. I've been thinking a lot about, you know, in like F Club magazine, I think in Smash Hits magazine as well, sometimes they would have like dance routines. Yep. I've been thinking about that a lot and how they should bring that back um, in the TikTok era. <laughs> I don't know oh how that was going down. You're a genius. They are so good. <laughs> a dance routine shoot. I, they, they, I think actually when I was younger, I was buying magazines for the dance routines and also for the hairstyle tips. I would always like, you know, find a page in F Club magazine and then of like a crazy hairstyle and then go to my mum with like 10 minutes before we need to go to school and be like hey I want this style like <laughs> and you need to execute it brilliantly and she would do it and I'd be like mum that, that's not what the picture looks like and of course in the picture it was always you know someone who was white with straight hair so looking sure. back I was never gonna like that person because <laughs> those two of them were not designed for curly hair but yeah I think that's pretty much when it started and then I remember getting into fashion magazines like in a really big way as a teenager and, and that kind of coincided a lot with like, you know, when blogging really blew up and then like all these fashion bloggers, I became obsessed with those. I had my own blog and all these Tumblr accounts. And yeah, it's just always been a part of my life. Magazines, I've always loved them. I've always collected them. And when I was thinking about what I wanted to do with Korea when I was younger, I was always really in love with the idea of working at a magazine. Like all of my favourite films were like, you know, Confessions of a Shopaholic, Devil Wears Devil <laughs> Prada, 13 Going on 30, like all of these <laughs> crazy 2000 films where all these women work in journalism and have the best time or like fashion magazines. So I always thought it was something that I wanted to do, but I just never really felt, felt like I was good enough. I just, you know, you look at these magazines and you think, okay, well, how many people work there? Like, I'm not going to be one of those people, am I? I mean, they're like in terms of probability. So... I don't know I think I'd always read them but I never really thought that I would end up at one until I probably university when I decided to enter the Vogue competition and then I won it and I was like oh well bloody hell like I'll give this a go then <laughs> you know just kind of a like, small okay, well. unknown magazine Vogue <laughs> saying I'm a good writer maybe I'll give magazine a punt <laughs> yeah I was like okay well cancel that master's and let's move down to London and try and make this work but even then I was like what the fuck is this is this real this can't be real um yeah it was 
very, very weird time, <laughs> but an exciting one. Definitely. I wasn't going to bring up your fashion blog because I didn't know whether that was wider <laughs> public knowledge because obviously we went to school together. So I saw that kind of before you were, I mean, you were always Olive the Legend, but before you were like Olive the Legend as she is currently. And I was surprised that you didn't have fashion on your answers because I think of you as like the ultimate fashion icon. Like you were so ahead of the trend and you were so... Oh brilliant with what you wear in because you really were like uh, I think you were a lifeline for a lot of us in the environment we were in where you know individuality was not particularly encouraged (laughs) in many ways and I think you were such a brilliant like vibrant force in that way I I honestly like that's like really nice to hear but quite surprising to hear because I think I've been like all my teenage years like really being really into fashion and like really wanting to express myself through clothes I suppose you could say in boldest and most extravagant way as I could but at the same time I was really aware that well I thought everyone thought I was really weird for it and you know I thought everyone thought I was weird basically but for some reason that didn't stop me I don't know I don't know I think like the person that I am now today if someone thought I was weird for doing something I would definitely stop doing it but at the time I was like well you think I'm weird but like this is a really fashionable look so get over it and, and um, you were right it was fashionable and they should go uh, <laughs> Yeah, I remember actually when I went to the, the Vogue competition, they the way that it worked was there was like a short list uh, of people like of, of entrants. And we all got invited down to go to Vogue House and like the offices and have lunch with the editors. And you know, I think I definitely went into that experience thinking that I would become a fashion writer and you know, wanting to write about fashion. And then I just kind of got in the industry and I was like oh I'm better at writing about culture and so <laughs> I just did that and I think you know it's kind of always been half and half like I've always loved fashion but I've always you know been obsessed with culture and like you know my ultimate dream in life was to be a pop star um so I suppose this is kind of the next best thing that I can get to interview pop stars <laughs> I was gonna say I, I feel like what you do what you do yeah. is very like fashion and pop star adjacent isn't it it's like well if I can't be the pop star I can do the next I can do like the same thing but in a different way I think that's yeah, that I makes at least speak to them <laughs> um, <laughs> going into magazines as well when, when I was interning um, and like going around like all these different places like I definitely kept my personal style but like I definitely was conscious that you know I was also needing to make an impression so I wanted to like look cool but also professional and so my style check kind of changed a bit then and then I think especially once I left L magazine um, which was like my first proper job and I moved to work at Dressel Culture, which was like a startup that didn't have like much of a fashion focus at all. Like we did a few pieces of fashion, but like not really that much. And I think I just like adapted to the situation and changed my style a little bit and just kind of forgot about, about fashion. Not about fashion, like I still love it. But I still like love dressing up and wearing nice clothes and stuff. I just stopped caring about it in the way that I cared about it as a teenager. Yeah. But actually recently I have started doing some more fashion pieces for the website. And it's been really, really good fun. So I've been kind of kicking myself that I let it you know fall by the wayside for so long because I was so focused on these other goals that I forgot about fashion and I think as well I was always really intimidated about like fashion I, I was always quite nervous about writing about it but then you know I was like nervous writing reviews when I first started writing about reviews because you just need to practice writing about them and like learn more and it's like a learning process as you go and I just didn't realize that at the time I suppose 
But I think that's what I th- I completely understand. Like the, I can't imagine anything more intimidating than being a person with a love of fashion going into Elle magazine <laughs> and being a Vogue talent competition winner and being like, oh gosh, what do I wear? Like that sounds like my actual worst nightmare as somebody who also enjoys fashion as like, you know, a mild interest or hobby. But I sometimes think that like <clears throat> one of the things that you said was that you don't really have any hobbies either, which I like absolutely do not. But one of the things I would say I like mildly enjoy is fashion. But then immediately I'm like, but I don't know any of the collections. I don't follow any of that kind of thing. So like, do I actually, can I actually say I like it? And it's like, well, yeah, obviously you can, don't be stupid. But I have the exact same thing as as you. Yeah, exactly. And it's like as well, another thing is like, when I was younger, I did know all the collections and I did really follow it. And I think now so much of my time is spent, you know, looking at, culture and thinking about ideas for culture that I just there probably is a way that I can do it all but I just have not done, done it all yet because also I've realized when I've been writing them over the like past few weeks like when I say recently I mean like literally from the start of coming back this year and like you start writing these pieces sometimes like all these facts that you didn't realize you know just come out and it's like okay like I have been like you know, digesting all this information kind of by osmosis. Because especially like when I'm writing about men's fashion, it's like a whole different thing. I'm like, okay, well, like what do men want to wear? I don't know. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> sometimes people in any situation where really, you like don't really give yourself enough credit for like the information that you kind of just pick up naturally. That's what I'm trying to tell myself at the moment anyway. <laughs> Definitely. I will co-sign that. And I will also yeah. say that I very much enjoyed your Zayn Malik piece because Zayn Malik oh. always owns it in the style stakes. <laughs> much as I still harbour a grudge for him leaving One Direction, even though as an adult, I'm like, realised it was the best course of action for them all. He was just putting his energy first. Like, I respect that. But also I'm like, you did yeah. break my heart. But he is undeniably a very fashionable man. Yeah, he looks sharp, man. And he, he always looks like he didn't try, which I think is like mm. the ultimate goal in fashion, isn't it? Like, you want to look really cool and really stylish, but you also want to look like you didn't really put that much effort in. And he has nailed that down to the T. He has. It's so true. So moving on to the next question, which is what are you enthusiastic about in play? Obviously, fashion was left off the list, but we have discussed that. But you are also, I mean, we didn't put this in the intro. You're Secret Garden Party's poster girl, aren't you? So oh my let's God, talk yeah, about it. <laughs> oh my God, I forgot about that. <laughs> I, oh honestly, God, yeah, that's, yeah. Like, that's like how I think about you is that poster, because that is just, that was phenomenal. So that basically, like that poster, that happened. I think it was like just before. I think I like handed in my last course at deadline, and then like the plan was to come down to London visit a friend, flashy, you know him. Uh, and all I'd also just found out that I'd won the Vogue Talent Contest. So like I was in like this like really weird like summery euphoric bubble of like woohoo, going to a festival in a few weeks. You know, just won the Vogue Talent Contest. I'm in London, finished all my like exams, on my coursework, like uni is over amazing and then i was just walking around shoreditch with flashy and flashy screamed i was like what the fuck are you screaming for and he was like it's you you're not there it's you that's a picture of you on that poster and i was like oh yeah it is. she does look like me and she is wearing my clothes <laughs> yeah and so she, yeah i ended up on the poster for secret garden party and then i emailed them being like hey like so excited to be on your poster like don't suppose i could have a free drink and they were like no that's did they actually yeah, they, well, no, they said, if you want, you can try taking the poster to the bar at the festival and see if they'll give you a free drink. And I was like, well, okay, but that poster is plastered on a wall. In, like, in short, in I love short that they were like, we just don't want to spend, we, we don't want to spend two pounds giving you a free drink. That'll probably be some good publicity. But what we will allow you to do is vandalise our marketing efforts and you can tear our posters down and then take it as some kind of like weird form of yeah. ID to the bartender. <laughs> Literally, you know, like, what I'm going to do is like, 
carrying around this like poster tube with like this poster of myself on secret garden party it's a bit weird so yeah i, I, I mean i would love it if you had <laughs> done that actually thinking about it you'd be like sorry who's that oh it's me it's me looking fucking fantastic thank you yeah now give me a free drink yeah, exactly. um, in terms of what makes me enthusiastic about life is you know music and um, going out and going to festivals and i feel like that makes me sound like like a head of sickness but i can always come away from festivals like in this like state of being like wow that was like you know festivals are what life is all about you know like just like dive into the music having fun not occurring in the world like this is the meaning of life so i really missed not going to festivals because yeah i didn't get my whole meaning of life reminder last year <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're hanging on by a thread basically um that is my play going out partying listening to music i tried making a bit of music during over lockdown but you know quickly learned that is not where my talents lie and that is why i'm not a pop star that is the um, only reason you're not a pop star because everything else you're absolutely nailing well i don't know i think performance as well that, that might <laughs> might need a bit of work and stage presence you know i don't want to be just anyway but yeah i think ever since i was younger you know again like music has been that thing that i've always just loved dancing as well like Another one of my ambitions is to be a dancer, a ballerina in the Royal Ballet, which is, again, an insane ambition to have. It was like, I want to work at a fashion magazine or be a ballet dancer or be a pop star. So really achievable targets to take to, you know, your career counsellor at school. But I mean, it's, it's, it's an odd question, isn't it? Like something that you've just always loved and you just know you love it. Sometimes there isn't an explanation for like, you know, I always think when people ask me for certain things, I always want to be like, oh, well, there's this incredible origin story that will make you cry. It's like, I just really like it genetically. Like, I don't I don't know how to explain it to you any more than that. Like, yeah. it just makes me feel good. What else do you want? <laughs> exactly. And it's, I think it's always been a thing since I was like a baby. Like, you know, there are lots of stories about, you know, the TV show The Bill? Yes. Like, you know, about the police people. Apparently, like, whenever that theme song came on, like, as a baby, I would just, like, start boogieing in, like, my car or whatever. I so much. Apparently, I, apparently, I thought it was a banger. I remember, like, being, like, really, really little, and my favourite song was um, You Sexy Thing by Hot Chocolate, and I would, like, make my dad put it on repeat. And, like, there was a point where, like, I think we had a CD player. We had a CD player that, like, obviously put it on repeat, but when I... When it would just go on to repeat, I didn't realise that my parents were putting it on repeat. I thought the CD player just knew it was my favourite song, so it was just playing it again. So, yeah, I think it's always been there. <laughs> um, and then, you know, there's, like, loads of videos of me, like, dancing around the living room, singing into a microphone. There's, like, another story about, like, one time I went to came to London and we were on the tube and I had, like, my Walkman in and I was just, like, belting it on the tube and like, everyone on the tube was just looking at me but I was just, you know, vibing to the five girls and my parents were just like, okay, like, let's just let her do it because she will have a tantrum if we take this on <laughs> like, Let's just leave her to it. But, um, yeah, I've always just been plugged into music. Like, I just... That's another thing that I really miss kind of weirdly about not working is that I don't have, you know, two hours of a day that I can meet where I can just listen to music. I mean, obviously, you can listen to music whilst you're working, but, like... I really like to listen to it, you know, and like I get really annoyed if I miss like if I'm not paying attention during like a certain part of the song, which is like the best part of the song, like I will have to like listen to the song again. And yeah. that is while you're working. So I do miss having those two hours where I get to do that and, you know, not annoy people or get behind on my deadlines. So, yeah, it's just something that makes me happy. And I guess, you know, whenever you're feeling shit, you can either listen to shit music and be happy because that person 
can relate to it or you can relate to them in some some respect or you can listen to a banger and dance around the living room and feel a bit better so it's just it's literally a win-win situation isn't it <laughs> yeah it's a win-win if there's no downside to music that is so true. I absolutely adore that story about you. I mean, I adore all the stories. The bill surprised me. That was a journey. I enjoyed that. I mean, I enjoyed all, but I really love how you've never done anything in your entire life by a half. Like everything you've done, you've gone really full throttle with, which I absolutely adore. And you're so right and about dancing as well. I didn't know you wanted to be a ballerina when you were younger, but I mean, it fits. It makes sense. Yeah, I was like super into dancing, musical theatre, like anything that like involved being the centre of attention, really, that was like kind of my thing. I think the reason I started dance classes, honestly, it was because one time we went to go see the panto and there were like some kids dancing on the stage and I was like mum how come those kids are on the stage and I'm not and she was like they go to dance classes and I was like okay well like why am I not in dance classes mum like what are you doing like get me in um, so that's why that started but yeah I think it did mainly stem from wanting to be on stage and wanting to be in front of people and then like as I've got older that I've like wanted to be weirdly in front of less people but still really fascinated by all things music theatre film whatever yeah and then um, dancing I I have realized in my life that when I next need to move flat I need to be on a ground floor flat because I've started Ooh. doing a lot of dancing like you know just like bopping more than I ever have done before I think in lockdown because I'm not going out and doing anything else and I never ever dance in public because I'm not very good at it and the kind of music that I oh, no. use, I know it's a very I know it's a very tragic story but I bet um, you that. like everyone is, everyone can dance I mean even if you can't dance like the trying is nice so like people appreciate it you know? <laughs> do you know do you know what I think it is I think it's because and look no disrespect to Hull obviously but that I the kind of music that I liked and the kind of clubs aka the, the two clubs I went to in Hull the dancing is quite specific and it's not very like it's not what you'd think of as traditional like having a boogie and so I yeah. think I'm just out yeah. of practice of like dancing to pop music in clubs like with all my pals are like oh you know but what about when you go to pop world and I nobody ever took me to pop world which I think is rude to be fair and I just think I'm out of practice with like poppily dancing so honestly you when we I all... think the key is it's like whenever I'm out dancing like I'm like I'm not like, like my thing with ballet, like I can't like actually like dance cool in like a social scenario. So like I always just like purposely dance like really stupid and crazy. And then mm. like if anyone like says anything bad, it's like, well, obviously I'm being silly on purpose and you hurt on the inside. You know? <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's my strategy. If you need going forward when lockdown ends, if you if you want to take that on board, maybe I don't know. That's what I find helpful anyway. Just go over the top and then that is the best defense basically uh, yeah i was going to say if anybody sees us in the club when we're all vaccinated and all just loving going around licking people just because we can and you see two people throwing some shapes on the dance floor that look like they're out of a movie where it's been choreographed that's me and you <laughs> just to let everyone yeah, know. Exactly. <laughs> genuinely like not not this summer because that's just gone obviously but the summer before i went to ibiza with a friend and we were like doing exactly that like just being like crazy on the dance floor like that sounds like the, the lamest thing i've ever said like crazy on the dance floor <laughs> but like it was acting like nutters and then like we kind of like looked up and then realized that like everyone around us was like still filming us <laughs> and they're like oh okay cool like i hope that doesn't go on the internet but like at least for something to talk about you know like <laughs> livening up the night <laughs> um, doing a public yeah, service 
yeah public service entertainment yeah but anyway I digress <laughs> you're so right though there is I mean that is and it's one of those things not that this is a, you know a podcast about why I don't dance but it's I don't judge <laughs> anyone else for dancing like expressively but I do think that everyone else will judge me for doing it when actually it doesn't matter like you're never going to see these people again in your life and sure you might go viral on the internet but also everyone's going to be very impressed with your slick move so yeah. where's the, where's the problem I will dance like viral dancers are the best dancers like you can be tiktok famous you'll become a millionaire it'll be great <laughs> <laughs> that is true damn it i need to get out on the dance floor and make my millions <laughs> <laughs> and so finally moving on to the third question which is what are you enthusiastic about in life more generally and you have said friends and family which obviously is you know a bit of a bummer in the current lockdown situation and also you've said that you've kind of picked up some new habits recently. So kind of like trying to focus on meditation and goal setting and just kind of trying to stay grounded, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Enthusiasm in life is like an interesting one because I mean, I think the past few years and actually probably like actually the most of my like teenage slash adult life, I have like not had the best time with mental health. And sometimes it's really hard to be enthusiastic about life. And that is like something that I like, personally like really need to actively work on like you know sometimes I will have like periods where I'm like fine then I'll have a period where I'm not so fine and like I'm learning that you know when you're fine you also need to like practice being enthusiastic and being motivated or like be mindful or whatever it is so that like you have a better defense for when you're not fine and obviously at the moment the, the circumstances are like not conducive to feeling great <laughs> about life so I've been like trying really hard to take things day by day and appreciate smaller things a bit better I'm like a person who's always thinking about the future and I like really like to have a plan and I think you go through school and you're in primary school it's like cool cool I'll complete primary school then it's like secondary school and then it's college and then it's uni and then I'll get a job and then you get a job and it's like okay well like what is the plan now and now even more so it's like impossible to make any kind of plan like even for you know next week so I find it really helpful to just each day try and find something to look forward to like I mean it's like not nothing exciting but like sometimes I'll just be like okay well today you're gonna have like a really nice breakfast and that will set your day off light mm-hmm. or you know this weekend you're gonna like spend three hours on Beat Saber and that will be fun and I think it's been really helpful in terms of like not thinking about the future and worrying about the future so much because it's like the worry that then turns into anxiety and then it turns into like you know much more various things so yeah that's like one thing and then you know I've been meditating I've been like following you know I don't know if you've seen it on Netflix they've got the Headspace TV show um, yeah I, I like, saw that the other day I think that's such a good idea yeah it's actually it's really good like I've definitely like I've used Headspace a lot before but I think I, it's like one of those things where you kind of I don't know I don't know for me like I'll download an app and then I'll like use it for a bit and then I'll just forget about it yeah especially when it's like something like meditating that you like kind of really need to work into your routine but for some reason it being on Netflix like I'm probably going to be on Netflix at one point in the day because that is my life <laughs> and it's like and it's like just there in the watch next so like just before bed like me and my boyfriend just like lay in bed and just meditate I think it's been helpful just to like calm myself before I go to sleep um, and not be worrying about the next day so much and like all the things that I have to do but in terms of like general enthusiasm it is really hard they like um my family and friends you know they are the people that get me through a lot of the shit <laughs> especially my boyfriend he he's like always there and he's always kind of you know sometimes I think about stuff that I put him through and I'm like holy shit I can't believe you're still here <laughs> but 
yeah, those are the people that make me want to like carry on living. <laughs> that sounds so dark, but like those people are the reason really and in its essence. And you know, especially right now, I think you appreciate something so much more when it's gone. And like even just Christmas, like I love Christmas anyway, but this Christmas I didn't go home. And it's like, oh my God, I didn't realise how much I needed my family around me at Christmas. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's just kind of appreciating them more and trying to take the time to like be in touch with more people. I'm like quite like bad at replying to people, as you know. Um, so trying, I'm trying really hard to work on that because like, I don't know why, but like my brain, like I get really anxious about replying to messages because I'm an anxious person. Like I'm thinking, oh God, like how am I going to like make sure this message sounds cool or like, you know, funny or like whatever. Like I'm thinking about all of these stupid things that like the other person just won't even care about. But then I'm like now realizing that like the quicker I get myself to respond and then they respond and then we have a nice chat and then I feel good afterwards. So it's like, <laughs> why are we having this whole period beforehand of anxiety when like actually this social interaction will be nice and you'll feel better afterwards. So it's like kind of just trying to like, reframe all of those ways of thinking you um, and I are exactly the same person because I do that as well like if I don't reply oh immediately God, really? yeah and I I wonder whether this is why like as a society we send so many messages in like one line burst I because th- I do that to force myself to reply and then have to reply to the full message like you know once I've sent yeah. something they know I've seen it so I then have to reply to the rest of it and I wonder whether that's why we do that so much because otherwise I will leave something unread and I want to craft and I want to give it so much time and attention and craft the most perfect like as you say most well balanced emotional heart rendering heartwarming hilarious response and I just never reply and it's like they would have been better served with a one word answer wouldn't they really <laughs> yeah exactly it's like I don't I don't know what I think I'm achieving by like putting it off but I just I get so stressed about it like I just get so stressed by really inconsequential human interactions um, which is really not ideal but you know also like I think in terms of like feeling in enthusiastic and like getting through it it's like I have to like remind myself how much I've grown as well because you know there was a period of time like I think like probably like not many people know this but like you know at sixth form everything was kind of fine but like I was like a bit depressed but like generally fine and then I went and did my first year at uni at London College of Fashion and I just like had a really terrible time and I like I was in like a really bad place so I ended up coming home and like just enrolling at whole uni living at home but like just doing that course because I felt like I had to do a course because I had to like do something so I did that but then my first year like there were so many times when I would like you know drive all the way into uni and then like park up and then like get close to the seminar room and then like be so intimidated by the thought of like being in a seminar and like having to talk in front of people that I would like end up just not going like I would just like go back to my car or hide in like hide in my car or like hide in the toilets or something and I even ended up getting like a letter from uni being like you know you need to start coming to seminars but like when I think about that and like the fact that I couldn't even like go into a seminar room full of people my age and like who had the same interest with me and were there for the same reason talking those the fact that I'm like now interviewing strangers quite regularly I just find it like quite mind-blowing when I like to think about it and um, so that like that's very helpful for me to remind myself of like how far I've come and then also that gives you hope because you know if I've come this far then like hopefully I can like go a bit further and you know just don't quit just keep on going basically 
Yeah, definitely. Thank you very much for being so honest and open. Like, I, I think that's really helpful for people to think about because I think it's like such a cliche, but it's the side of people that we don't often see. And like, you know, you never know. This is such a cliche, but you never know what somebody else is going through. So it's really, yeah, sure. it, it's such a useful thing to like think about. Yeah, just that everyone's kind of got a journey and to use that journey as you say for yourself to give yourself a, a leg up and a pat on the back and be like you've come fucking far and done bloody brilliantly so keep going <laughs> yeah exactly and I think as well like you always with social media and stuff you're always comparing yourself to other people um mm. which is like the worst thing you could ever possibly do especially on social media because people only post the best stuff so you're comparing yourself to everyone's best moments obviously I I don't post on Instagram when I'm feeling really shit about myself which is probably why I don't post on Instagram that much you know Um, (laughs) so you know it's like just keeping that in mind and I think it's like much more useful to like look at your own journey and think about that but then also like not using it as like a stick to beat yourself with because you know there was a point in 2019 like I had quite a, a bad year in terms of my mental health and I was telling myself all these things like oh my god but like last year like was amazing like you did all of these different things and you know like you've peached like this is it now like everything's downhill from here and so like don't do it don't compare yourself <laughs> your own journey in that way like if you're having a dip like you also have to remember that like you probably had dips before and you bounce back so yeah and all of these things are also really easy to say like it's really easy for me to say all this right now but it's like a lot harder for me to like practice it on a daily basis so that is another thing to just keep in mind yeah I think finding that middle ground and like finding some level of moderation is quite difficult anyway but especially when you are predisposed to like going for gold with everything or to like becoming obsessed with something quickly or to being like you know really extra in a lot of ways which I think it's fair to say you and I both are it's then like (laughs) finding something in moderation is a quite an alien concept to me I'm like so I have to just find the middle ground and not go full throttle at that thing and it's like yeah because you'll be much better that way like just try it please (laughs) yeah exactly it's even like sometimes like there was like a period like before Christmas or like I don't know there's a period like towards the end of last year where like work was quite quiet and the whole time I was like there's something I'm not doing. I'm like, I'm messing up in some way. I just don't know how I'm messing up. Like there is something that is going wrong and I don't know what it is, but like, it's going to come and bite me soon. And I was like anxious for this whole period that like I wasn't doing this thing that I was supposed to be doing, but I couldn't work out what it was. And like the Christmas break was really helpful because I just like was able to like kind of like switch off from that and like kind of forget about that. And then like really refocus in terms of work, at least refocus what I wanted to do for the new year and like just kind of, always start on a clean slate but yeah even like when things are calm I'm like yeah but it shouldn't be calm so like <laughs> what's wrong like, <laughs> like something nefarious is coming so, towards <laughs> literally it's like I just don't trust calm so, so and I want to be calm but I don't trust calm moments but yeah it's all just about like keeping it in check and then again that's like why friends and family are so good because those are usually the people that like can say to me like what you're worrying about right now is not real or it's not important in the grand scheme of things you're just like being mean to yourself basically so yeah those are the people that lift me up in life also speaking of being lifted up I can't believe we've gone through this entire podcast without you mentioning the love of your life Mariah Carey oh my god <laughs> I'm actually wearing a Mariah Carey t-shirt right now are you? Um, <laughs> I am repping always she did a good job of lifting the world up last December as she as she always does in December I was gonna say and every December 
I mean, it's a dream job, really. I'm, I mean, all of her, and I'm so incredibly jealous of her because she just got to go to Apple TV and be like, hey, I want to do this crazy Christmas special and it's going to be Ariana Grande in it and it's going to be Snoop Dogg in it and it's going to be all these crazy people and it's going to make no sense, but I want to do it and it's going to be good. And it was good, in my opinion. So, yeah, I'm jealous that she's at the stage in her life where she can do that. Hashtag be more Mariah. Yeah, that's, that's what we have to for. Woman. <laughs> Absolutely. The meaning of Mariah Carey, that's like the book that I'm reading at the moment, her memoirs. Incredible. I can't do the heavy reading at the moment. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even know she had a memoir. But now that I'm saying that out loud, obviously she has a memoir. Like, why would she not? She's Mariah Carey. So, yeah, that tracks. It only came out last year, um, like towards the end of like, like, yeah, she had a whole. There was a reason why she, it was such a big deal. It was like a big anniversary, but I can't remember what anniversary it was, um, which is bad of me as a Mariah fan. Oh yeah, she they released this whole album of like all of these like lost songs and that like, you know, didn't make it onto albums over the years. And there were so many songs in there where it's like, it should have been a single. Why was it on an album like, like at the very least? So that, that was exciting too. Yeah, she gave us a lot towards the end of last year and I'm very thankful. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I have loved this chat as I always do when I chat to you, but thank you so much for your honesty and authenticity and just being such a bloody brilliant person. Can you tell people where they can find your writing and your work online if they want to kind of do a bit more of a deep dive on, on you? Yes, of course. So the GQ website is um, gq-magazine.co.uk. And then, okay, so I do have a specific writer link, but I can't remember it off the top of my head. But I think if you type in GQ or if Metsy, you should like on Google come up with a link to my kind of writer's profile where you can find everything I've written for the website. And then every single month in the back page of the magazine, you can find my column, Secures a Bag. And that, yeah, that's, that's where you can find me. And also on Instagram and Twitter, because that's where I always am. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I will find the, your writer profile link and I'll put it in the show notes to this. Okay, um, thank you. Just thank for you. everyone who can't be bothered to Google, which is lazy, but fair enough. Thank it's you fair. so much, Olive. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's been so much fun. And there we have it. Another episode of the Enthusiasm Co podcast done and dusted. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy the chat and you think that others might do too, you might know what I'm about to say. If you could spare a minute or two of your time, please do head to the Apple Podcasts app and leave a rating and a review for the Enthusiasm Co. It means the world because it lets Apple know that I'm a podcast worth listening to and it shows me to other people. So thank you so much in advance for that. I read every single one. And also, if you would like to follow The Enthusiast and Co and see more updates, you can head to theenthusiast.co and on Instagram, theenthusiast and co to see and hear more. Until next time. <laughs>